without measure. Are you with me? Her mouth without measure. Oh my. And their glory and their multitude and their pomp. He that rejoiceth. Are you with me? Oh listen. Shall descend into it. What about that? A place called hell and people are going in it. And the mean man shall be brought down. And the mighty man, are you with me? Shall be humbled. And the eyes of the lofty shall be humbled. But the Lord of hosts shall be exalted in judgment. And God that is holy shall be sanctified in righteousness. Then shall the lambs feed after their manner. And the waste places of the fat ones shall strangers eat. Now, look at the next word in 18. Woe, Lord God help us. Woe unto them that draw iniquity with cords of vanity and sin as it were with a cart rope that say, let him make speed and hasten his work that we may see it and let the counsel of the Holy One of Israel draw nigh and come that we may know it. Now look at the next word. Whoa, God, listen. You all don't know that word woe really means, do you? Woe unto them that call evil good and good evil, that put darkness for light and light for darkness, that put bitter, notice this, for sweet and sweet, for bitter. Are we living in that day? My God, my God. Then the next one. Woe! Again, we hear the word woe. Unto them that are wise in their own eyes and prudent in their own sight. Are you with me? And again, we say, Woe unto them that might, notice this, mighty to drink wine. My God, are we ever living in that day? Oh, Lord. And men of strength to mingle strong drink, which justify the wicked for reward and take away the righteousness of the righteous from him, O oh, Lord God. Therefore, as the fire devoureth the stubble and the flames consume the chaff, so... Their root shall be as rottenness, and their blossom shall go up as dust, because they have cast away the law of the Lord of hosts, and despised, oh my, the word of the Holy One of Israel. Father, help me just a little while. God, I pray to give to your people something here today, God, that they might truly understand, Lord, that you and you alone, God, are worthy to be praised and glorified. Father, we know, Lord, hell is a real place. We understand that. You hear it said it's enlarging itself. Oh, God, help us to realize truly what that means, Lord, in this day and hour that we live in, that you, Father, might be glorified and Lord, help all of us, all of us right here today, God, to rest upon the assurity that God is still in charge, 
that God still ruleth and reigneth forever. So blessed be the name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Hell enlarging itself. I tell you, my friend, I've thought a lot about hell. I've preached a lot about hell. I'm glad to report to you I don't have to go to hell. Amen. There was a time when I had to go to hell. Why? Because I had never accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior of my life. And you say, why would you do such a thing as that when heaven was available? Well, let me ask you the question. When did you get saved? When did you truly get born again? I thought about this word hell. You know, Jesus preached more on hell than he did heaven. Why? Because it's enlarging itself. It was never designed for you and I to go to. Hell was made for the angels that rejected God and Satan. And for you to get in, it has to enlarge itself. And I thought about it this way in the last few months, and I know I've preached a lot on hell over the years. I preach a message I don't even like to mention the name of it, but I've had to preach it several times. What in hell do you want? There's a whole group on their way there, and they're in a real big hurry to get there by their lifestyle. Amen. I thought about what has got people headed to hell and they don't even realize they're going there. Well, let me just give you a few this morning. Let's say this morning that we have a dope addict. Dope is sending that boy to hell, isn't it? Amen? No, it's not. His rejection of God is what's sending him to hell. Dope is just an avenue the devil is using to keep him from God. Amen? Hey, dope is not sending him there. His rejection of Jesus is what's going to send him to hell. You say, preacher, how do you know that? Well, when he stands in judgment and God says, depart, I never knew you. The dope kept him from knowing Jesus. The dope kept him from going and kneeling in an altar somewhere and giving his heart and life to God. But I want to say to the dope addict today, that Jesus still speaks to dope addicts. He still associates with you. He still wants to sit with you and let you know he truly loves you. We could do that with alcohol. We could do that with sex. Yeah, I know a lot of people that won't go to church because they're sleeping around and they know it's wrong. But we're living in a day and an hour right now that the world will tell you there ain't no way you can go to hell. I heard just yesterday one of the people that I really like to watch on television. I didn't know he considered himself a minister, but he does. He even pastors his church in Ohio and on national television, on national news, he said, there is more than one way to heaven. I lost all respect for him. What he's doing is telling a lie and he's going to lead a lot of people to hell because of that. What is he saying? He's saying that the book 
says that you can go to heaven any way you want to. Oh, yeah. He told these like 800 channels on television. He said, they're all doing the same thing. That's what he was referring church to. Oh, yeah. You can do anything you want to and still go. I know you get quiet on me, but that's all right. We've got a lot of people right here in Nebo, North Carolina that believe the same thing. I can do anything. I can be anything. I can have anything, and I can still go to heaven. I'll tell you something, friend. God loves you, and God will forgive you, but he will not let sin ever enter into heaven. Hell is enlarging itself. Hell is in large. Do you know that heaven has certain dimensions? 1,500 mile cubic. When that space is filled up, time will be no more. Let me help you this morning. We're killing them a million a day at birth. Heaven's getting full fast, friends. I believe I'd get out while I could. What are you talking about, preacher? I'm talking about hell enlarging itself. I'm talking about when the door shut, you will not get in. I'm talking about God will say the part I never knew. He don't want to say that, but he'll have to say that to be God. He sent his son to die for you. I'd get out while I could. I'd get out before the door is closed. Hell don't even want you, friend. It has to enlarge itself to make room for you. Amen. So why would you want to go to a place where you're not even wanted? Why would you want to go to a place that don't care nothing about you? Why would you want to go to a place where there's weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth? Outer darkness, total separation from God, total separation from love, total separation from mercy. I'd get out while I could before the door is closed. What a terrible place to come to yourself as a rich man in the Bible did. He came to himself in hell. Are you with me? Let, let me help you this morning. You can either come to yourself in the hell and never ever get out because the door is closed. Amen. Or you can come to yourself in the hog pen and they still hope for you. Amen. What are you talking about, preacher? I'm talking about hell. That's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about a place where there is no love. There is no mercy. There is no grace. There is no water. There is no joy. I'm talking about a place called hell. I know everybody wants to go to heaven in here, but I'm asking you, are you headed there? Your lifestyle, is it helping you to get to heaven? Stay with me. Don't let me lose you now. Don't get quiet on me. I'm talking about before the door closes, you are to get out. God, I feel a presence of the Holy God in this place. Let's cry. Come, come on to me. Come, get out while you can. Oh, God, help us to get out while we can. Because when the gates of hell are closed, you'll never, ever get out. 
you know, this is a hard thing for a preacher to preach this morning. That you're going to end up in a place where I can't preach to you. You're going to end up in a place where my hands can't reach you. My eyes will never see you. My heart will never break for you again. Where I will never know your name ever again. In a place called hell. Oh God. How come you're in such a hurry to get there? It's a terrible place. You think it's bad here. This is a vacation spot compared to hell. Hell has enlarged itself. We got men running around looking like women. When they stand before God, they'll stand as a man. They'll be judged as a man. I don't care how much sex change they've had, how many operations they've had, how many steroids they've took to make them look like something else. When God birthed you, God marked you, and he knows you. And he'll know you when you die. I don't care what you're wearing or how you look. I'm glad to report to you that God knows you just as you are. Amen. He knows if you're lost or if you're saved. He knows if he's going to have to rip the wall. Oh, God, of hell open and shove you in that place. I'm talking about breast to back, back to breast, shoulder to shoulder, weeping and God screams are coming up from the terrible pits of hell and he's going to shove you in that place and you'll never get out I'd get out while I could I'd walk out of the sin state I'm in and call upon God while a holy God was calling unto me I don't know if it bothers you, but it bothers me to think somebody will die today and end up in a terrible place called hell. Maybe someone that I know and care for will slip out into eternity and God will have to take his nail-scarred hands and tear the walls of hell open to allow you to get in there. Oh, my God, church, why are we not on our face weeping and crying and screaming for the lost? Maybe it's because you're not saved. Because if you ever get saved, you'll sure want them to be a hell. I thought about how many I've heard over the years that shot it up one time too many and met God. I wonder what they thought when they seen the darling face of Jesus. I wonder what they thought when they smelt the pit of hell and heard the screams. I wonder what they thought when they had to be forced into that place. There ain't nobody walking into hell willingly. Oh, that's a lie straight out of the pit of hell. Oh, I'm going to go in there shouting and dancing and partying like hell you will. 
You go in there kicking and screaming and saying, please, God, don't make me go. Don't put me there. Don't throw me in there. Let me have one more chance. Oh, God, church, why we crying and begging and pleading for them? There's not a friend one in hell. No, not one. There's not one ounce of joy. There's not one ounce of peace. There's not one ounce of hope. If you have hope, it'll be today. Why don't you get out while you can? Why don't you, while the door's open, step out and come to a holy God that loves you and cares for you? Why don't you do that today? Why don't you do that right now while the Holy Spirit is in the building and speaking? Maybe you've got somebody you need to cry out for. Maybe you need to just come and say, God, here am I. I'm crying. I'm begging you. Please, God, let them have one more chance while they're here this side of eternity. Why don't you do that this morning and just plead with God and leave some tears in the altar because you're caring and loving and you know hell's a terrible place. Why don't you do that? Why you can? It's a terrible place to think anybody you would love is headed there this morning. I know it's a hard thought to even think about that. That somebody you care for that somebody you love. Oh, that somebody that you think the best of and have the greatest hope for would split hell wide open right now as they're praying this morning. What about you? Do you have anybody on your heart today that needs interceding for? God, they don't see it. God, they don't know it but they're going to hell if they don't change and call upon the name of Jesus. They're going to go to hell, Lord, and I can't help them there, so I'm crying out for them now. God, let me do that right now. Let me lift their name up to you that you may speak to them right where they are today. Do that for them, church. While you're there in that altar, whisper their name. Whisper their name. Say, God, they need you before the door is closed on them in hell. Thank you, church, for having a heart for somebody that can't and won't intercede for themselves because they don't know and they don't see the need. But you see it. You see it for them and you're crying out for them. Thank God for every one of you. Thank God for every one of you that's praying. Thank God for every one of you that's crying and calling out a name unto a holy God that loves them and cares for them and gave his only begotten son to die for them. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Holy Ghost, for loving us enough that you've sat with us and supped with us and gave us a reason and a purpose today. Hell is a terrible, terrible place. Hell, I wouldn't want my worst enemy to have to go there. 
But we're living in a day and an hour when good has been turned to evil. They say preaching like I've done here this morning is evil. Evil that I'm judging them. Friend, I'm not judging you. I'm just telling you, if you don't live holy, you'll die unholy. And if you die unholy, you ain't got no hope of eternal life in heaven. But your door will be open and you'll be forced into the pits of hell. That's what it'll be for you. So we need to cry while we can. We need to scream out for a loving God to hear us while we can. As a minister of the gospel, I have to say to you, it's too late when they're laying in a casket to say, oh God, I wished I'd have told them. I wished I'd have begged them. I wished I'd have prayed for them. I wished I'd have encouraged them. I wished I'd have invited them to church. It's too late when they're laying out in front of an altar and a preacher's preaching over their body because as a tree fall, so shall it lie. I've often wondered, hell must be like an elastic rubber band because people are dying every day and going to hell. Some of them sit on the church pew every week. Some of them standing behind the pulpits. I want to tell you something. Whoever hears this, it don't matter what you say or I say, it's what this book says. This old King James Bible's told you the truth. For 400 years, this old King James Bible has had the greatest revival that's ever been recorded because of the Word of God that's in this King James Bible. And you want to write one and water it down to fit your lifestyle. And you want to water that one down to fit another lifestyle. And you just don't want to tell the truth and hurt somebody's feelings. Friend, it's too late when they're burning in hell to get concerned about their eternal destination. I'd rather hurt your feelings here than to have you hurting for eternity, friend. Hell is a terrible place. Hell is a real place. Hell has no mercy. Get mad at me if you want to for telling you the truth. But when I stand before God, I don't want your blood dripping off my hands because I didn't tell you the truth. We heard such a wonderful message Thursday night out of Ezekiel 37. We need some preaching that'll do some shaking. Amen. I'm not here as a motivational speaker. I'm here to tell you that God loved you enough he sent his son to die for you. That you don't have to go to a place called hell. That's all I can tell you. If that don't shake you, friend, let me just tell you what's in hell. Amen. Hell is a place that love has never been. Hell is a place where there's not one drop of water. Hell is a place of always wanting something.
Hell is a place where my Savior went one time for me and you. And he got the keys to death, hell, and the grave so you wouldn't have to fear death. I'm glad to report to you this morning I know in whom I have believed. And I am persuaded he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him. What have I committed unto him? My eternal destination. I'm glad to say that I'll hear welcome, thou good and faithful servant. The goodness that he'll see will be the blood of Jesus on me. Woo, boy, that'll make you shout right there. When he looks and sees goodness, it'll be the blood. But he's asking me to be faithful. Are you faithful this morning in closing? Are you faithful to Jesus? Or are you tossed to and fro? Are you faithful to your church? No, I don't belong to a church. That's the reason you don't belong. You don't want nobody to hold you accountable to be faithful. Amen. Everybody ought to belong to a Bible-believing, preaching church. Amen. I believe this stick with old King James Bible. If he's preaching out of it, he's got to be a pretty good preacher. Amen. If he's preaching out of anything else, he's compromising. Don't compromise this morning. Hell's a terrible place to wake up. I'd rather wake up in the hog pen. Being slopped with the hogs and to wake up in hell. I know some folks that's in the hog pen this morning. (laughs) Drugs have taken their lives. Alcohol has taken their lives. Promiscuous sex has taken their lives. Stealing has taken their lives. Deceit has taken their lives. And they'll wake up in hell. If they died today, right now, they'd wake up in hell. Preacher, you can't say that. Yes, I can. They're not living godly. They have no fruits. You never hear them talk about Jesus. What about you? I'm asking you now as an individual, is everything all right with you and God? If God calls your number today, where will you spend eternity? If God says today is your life's day, this will be your life's moments, where will you spend eternity? Preacher, that makes me unnerved when you talk like that. Thank God it does. Why you say that, preacher? At least your conscience ain't seared. If I could talk about hell in a place where people are going like that and it didn't bother you at all, your conscience is seared. God has turned you over to a reprobate mind to believe a lie and be damned. And our world government right now is trying to force that down our throat where we have to accept their lifestyle. No, I don't. 
I will not. I shall not. Amen. I'm not going to do it. You can't tell me living wrong is right. Living like hell and dying and going to heaven. No, that will never happen. I'd rather tell you the truth today than to stand over your casket and say, I wish I had. I had opportunity and I didn't. Boy, wouldn't that be a sad thing? I want to say this and I'm finished. 1987, when I got saved, that was the first thought I had after I got out of the altar. How can I help somebody miss hell? Because I was running with the crowd that was headed to hell. Without God, you're going to go to hell. It ain't the drugs, it ain't the alcohol. It's living without God and dying without God. Because if you had God, you wouldn't do drugs. You wouldn't be a drunk. You wouldn't be a whoremonger. How do you know that? Because the book says it. You'll have a new life. You become a new creature. Old things pass away. Behold, all things become new. Why? Because Jesus moved in. Sin moved out. The desire for sin moved out. I didn't say you wouldn't be tempted. I said the desire for it. No, I've never wanted another drink of alcohol since the day I got saved. God took that from me immediately. Then he began to work on me, improving me. You know, knocking the rust off. You know what I'm talking about. He began to let me grow in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. See, when you get saved, you're just saved. You don't know everything. No, you don't know everything. Hey, I've been serving him a long time, and I still don't know everything. They say, you know this in the book? I don't know, but I'll look it up. I'll find it. If it's in there, I'll find it. Then I'll come tell you about it. This cause I announced calling to preach didn't mean God opened up the computer and put everything in there. He opened it up and said, man, there ain't nothing in there. And he began to put some things in there, one precept upon precept. As I had a desire, he put something in there. As I used what he put in there, he put more in there. That's the reason a lot of Christians don't have any more they don't want any more. Because they ain't used what he already gave them. I want to tell you something. If I give you eggs and I come to your house and your refrigerator's got 14 dozen eggs in it, you ain't using them. I ain't going to give you no more. Hello. I'm going to give them somebody wants them. How do you know they want them? They eat them. They keep bringing empty cartons back. Yeah, I know they ate them. Amen. Hey, don't tell me you ain't never been given things that you had to throw in the trash. Welcome to my trash can. I'll put her in there, brother. You just keep bringing them egg custard pies. See if I don't eat them. Bring that coconut pie. See if I don't eat it. I mean, you can sit there and watch me. I don't really care. You can 
We'll have a cup of coffee and you can watch me eat it. I'll smack my lips and mm, all the way to the end. Now I want to tell you something. I probably ain't going to offer you none, so if you want some, get you a fork and get in it. Amen. I mean, if it's real good, ask my wife. I'll eat off of her plate. I'll eat off your plate. Yes, I will, without an invitation. Years ago, when the steakhouse was open down here on 221, I was standing in the buffet line. You remember how it was back in on Sunday evening? And this lady standing beside of me. I didn't know her at all. She just reached over on my plate and got a little piece and ate it. She said, that's good. <laughs> and I'm looking at her like, are you a Fruit Loop or what? She reached over and got another bite of something else. And I thought, I'm going to have to kill her right here in this line. <laughs> and she reached and got another piece. And I said, do you really just want it all here? She said, no, if you're going to give it to me, I don't want it. And I looked and Nola Withrow was standing over behind her about two people away, dying laughing. It was her sister and she'd put her up to it. I didn't know Nola's sister. Nola was having a fit. I said, I'm going to kill you, Nola. I said, I thought this woman had lost her mind. She said, she has. Amen. I'll eat off your plate. I mean, if you're at my table, it's fair game. I want you to know that before you ever sit with me. And if you smack your lips two or three times and say, mm, I'm going to get a fork. That's the way it ought to be at church. Somebody ought to got a fork. Amen. I'll just sit there and say, y'all, get you a fork. You ain't going to hurt my feelings. Dive in there. Amen. There is exceptions to the rule. <laughs> Church, I hope that something I said about hell this morning encouraged you not to go there. If I could win only one and be a hindrance to none, I do believe my Lord would be satisfied with me. I want to thank you for sitting in church even though we didn't have no heat. Amen. A lot of people would just got up and said, I'm going home. And they thought they'd have been justified. Amen. Now let me say this and you'll say amen. Ain't you glad we ain't out in the snow? I mean, think of the little blessings, amen. At least it's dry and the lights are on in here. And it's got a lot warmer than it was a few minutes ago to me. Thank you, Marvin. At least one comfortable in the crowd.